Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 10th of July, the 191st day of 2023, with 174 days ahead of us on our way to 2024. We're on the downhill glide now and picking up speed. Today we're about to enter the fourth week of summer, which for us here in Down East Maine means reveling in Mother Nature's seasonal magic. Whatever we might make of it, or as poet Tai Tibbal writes in her piece, Creation Story, all we have ever done is our best with the materials on hand, heat, water, soil, a smattering of words, and this is what made me drag myself upward from the ocean like Pania. Fresh-faced and curious, this is what made me worshipful and marvelous, able to stand upright, and some of that time I was dancing. This is what made me. In our garden, my girlfriend and I informally inventory our blessings. The purple asters have this year stationed themselves as sentries along the outside perimeter of the plot, which within is announcing the advent of butterfly weed, evening primrose, estella d'oro, lilies and tiger lilies, blue irises, hollyhocks happening in stately array, morning glories on the rise and forget-me-nots on the run. The potted Orient Express eggplants and early jalapenos are flowering as is the earthbound oregano. And, as hoped for, our resident bee balm is back this summer and beginning to flower with the local bees, butterflies, and hummingbirds taking notice. Heavenward, the large asterism known as the Summer Triangle may be seen away from rural vantage points this week and for the rest of the July. Consisting of the stars Vega, Deneb, and Altair, the Summer Triangle also helps us to sight some of the sky's smallest constellations nearby, specifically Vulpecula, the fox, Delphinus, the dolphin, and Sagitta, the arrow. Delphinus, the dolphin, is one of the earliest catalog constellations noted by the Greek astronomer Ptolemy in the 2nd century A.D., And speak of things that swim this past week, with its couple of days hitting highs in the lower 90s, some of us open water swimmers were appreciative of a local lake such as Pushaw, bordered by Bangor, Glenburn, Old Town, and Orono. A public place such as this provides interesting views of human behavior and its connection to climatology. The town of Orono, access to Pusha at the end of Outer Essex, is named Gold's Landing, providing modest amenities including a launch, a beach, and a handful of parking spaces, one of which was available when I arrived late morning this past Thursday and slipped into a slot next to a relatively new black Suburban, which had its engine idling while the driver sat inside. A youngster was in a child seat in back. For the first minute after my arrival, I opened up the back hatch of my van, retrieved gear, and attempted to cope with the Suburban's exhaust, which was wafting down between my vehicle and the Suburban in a Venturi sort of way, as if the noxious fumes were being blown down a canyon. Finding this situation untenable, I walked around to the driver's window of the Suburban, motioned for the woman behind the wheel to roll down her window, and politely informed her of the tailpipe's performance. 
She immediately apologized, turned off the engine, rolled down the vehicle's other windows. As I continued with my prep, I could hear the tyke in the child seat complaining about the air conditioning being turned off. More than a few climate scientists have for a while been admitting that we do not need any additional data to prove what a mess we're in polluting our planet. Instead, say many, we need to brainstorm ways to have people begin taking responsibility for their carbon footprints. This past Thursday's pleasant enough resolution seemed to rest simply on the age-old, though useful, approach of how would you like me to do this to you? Helping people out of their bubbles and into the big picture of causal relation seems key. Today in 1040, Lady Godiva rode naked on horseback through Coventry, according to legend, to force her husband, the Earl of Mercia, to lower taxes. Today in 1460, during the War of the Roses, Richard of York defeated and captured Henry VI at the Battle of Northampton. Today in 1629, the first non-separatist congregational church as the beginning of the venerable Massachusetts Bay Synod, symbolically fortifying the American Puritan image of the light on the hill, was founded in Salem. Today, in 1746, Scotland's Bonnie Prince Charlie fled in disguise to the Isle of Skye, there to be aided by Flora MacDonald. Today, in 1775, American military leader Horatio Gates issued orders excluding blacks from the Continental Army. Today, in 1911, a Maine highest temperature of 105 degrees was set in North Bridgeton. Today in 1943 in Richmond, Virginia, Arthur Ashe was born to a father who was a city park caretaker and to a mother who died of heart disease when Arthur was six. Initially a sickly child, Arthur would later excel at sports, eventually progressing from segregated tennis courts to international tennis stardom. At age 40, however, Arthur's own heart disease led to double bypass surgery. When he complained of slow recovery, Arthur's doctor offered him the choice of waiting out the discomfort or receiving a couple of units of blood to boost energy. Of the option, Arthur would write, I would like the blood, I replied. I don't think I hesitated for a moment. Surely there was nothing to be feared from a blood bank of a major American hospital. Unfortunately, Arthur Ashe assumed incorrectly, for the blood gave him AIDS, which would later kill him at age 50. Today is also the birthday in 1509 of Protestant religion reformer and theologian John Calvin, in 1723 of English jurist William Blackstone, in 1808 of American abolitionist and author of Twelve Years a Slave, Solomon Northup, in 1830 of Danish Antillian and French Impressionist painter Camille Pizarro. In 1856 of Serbian-American physicist and electrical engineer Nikola Tesla. In 1871 of French novelist Marcel Proust. In 1920 of journalist David Brinkley. In 1926 of American actor Fred Gwynne. In 1927 of first African-American mayor of New York City David Dinkins. In 1946, of American actress Sue Lyon, and in 1947, of American folk singer and songwriter Arlo Guthrie. 
From Orono, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's to the fourth official week of summer and to the 28th week of 2023.